Good morning. It's Monday morning, April uh, 13th. And uh, here we are. It's the day after Resurrection Sunday. And uh, we're looking forward to a brand new week. In fact, in some ways, it's a brand new year as we start out with Jesus in this new year. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your death and resurrection. And as we look at the scriptures this morning, Lord, we pray that you would enlighten our hearts, Lord. Fill us up with your spirit that we would know you. If we don't know you, Lord, uh, for those that don't know you, today is the opportunity. Today is a chance to give you our hearts. And Lord, for those of us that do know you, we do give you our hearts this morning. Open our eyes and our ears to hear and see what you have for us today as we spend time with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we are. We've moved into chapter 4. And uh, as we continue this journey as sojourners in the time of coronavirus, uh, we're going to look at the first six verses in chapter 4. It starts out by saying, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, as we just experienced Easter weekend and we experienced Good Friday and the crucifixion of Christ for our sins, for our shortcomings, for who we are as we are broken people. Jesus provided through his sacrifice healing and forgiveness and reconciliation with God. But Christ suffered immeasurably through physical pain. He suffered not just because he carried our sins with him on the cross, but he suffered because dying on a Roman cross was a terrible way to go. It was intentionally meant as a torture device, not just a killing machine. And he suffered. In fact, he had suffered so much from carrying the cross and being whipped to the point of just being short of death that by the time he was hung on the cross and been nailed there, there wasn't much left for him and he died much earlier than was expected in fact it was unexpected he died so quickly they had to check and see if he was still alive because they wanted to end it quickly before the storm came but it tells us that since Christ suffered physical pain we are to arm ourselves with the same attitude he had arm ourselves that means we're preparing for battle. In fact, it goes on to say, be ready, be prepared to suffer. There's a process to being prepared to suffer. The process of preparation is key here to the realm of your soul. In order to be prepared to suffer, your beliefs, your desires, your values, your emotions, your attitudes, and your way of thinking have to come under the blood of Jesus with a belief that you will suffer for him. This is foreign to us as Westerners. We rely so heavily on the Bill of Rights that we think suffering for Christ is either an, it, impossible or unacceptable. But the reality is, is that if we belong to Christ, we are meant to suffer with Christ. doesn't mean we go out looking for that suffering. But it does mean that when it comes, we are not caught unawares. No, we are ready to suffer. We have to have the belief that we will suffer for him. That we are already dead. 
but at the same time we are also forever alive and so this suffering means nothing he goes on to say for if you have suffered physically for christ you have finished with sin wouldn't that be spectacular if we were done with sin you can't suffer for christ and go on sinning there's something that is purifying about persecution when you suffer for christ it purifies you you realize what's important what really matters and you no longer want to go on sinning the same can be true in sickness or trauma as we experience these things we realize the life of sin the life of living for ourselves is no longer of value again there's a difference between advocating for the end of someone else's suffering for the sake of justice and trying to end your own suffering we're not to end our own suffering we're to persevere through it we can't do this without walking with Jesus but if we're going to be finished with sin what does it say in this passage is the sin it's talking about here well all sin really but he talks about we stop chasing our own desires we stop being selfish and only living for ourselves instead we're eager to do the will of God we're done with the past evil things the immorality and the lust the gluttonous feasts the drunkenness and wild parties and the terrible worship of idols if we're following Christ then we are done with these things if we're willing to die for him then we're willing to live with him your former friends those that are looking in from the outside who don't know Jesus they may be surprised when you no longer live a wild and destructive lifestyle or maybe even surprised that you don't live a wild and destructive lifestyle but here's the reality they too will have to face God and I love how he phrases it this way because it's not they're gonna to have to answer to God but they're gonna to have to stand in his presence and look him in the face and as they look him in the face they're gonna realize the life they chose wasn't one worth living He stands prepared to judge, to make decisions about everyone. As we stand there and look him in the face, he'll be making the decision. Did you love me? Or did you live your own life? Tells us that he will judge both the living and the dead. In fact, that is why when Jesus was in the grave, he went and preached to the dead. To all those that lived before he arrived on the earth because those who were destined to die who accepted him now live forever with God in the spirit and the same can be true for us let me leave you with a couple of questions to ponder this morning are you prepared to face physical suffering Not just emotional or, or intellectual discomfort for the sake of Christ, but physical suffering. And do those around you know you belong to Christ because you are finished with sin? Have a great week. God bless you. And we'll see you back here again tomorrow.